know who you about to go to. You My time. The greatest collegiate football player ever is Peter Ward. Peter Ward, yes! No, that's, <laughs> my, that's my father. Yes. That's my father. If you don't know, no, you can't say it. Percy. Percy? Oh, come oh, on, check it out. Look, swear. You can't say swear that. No, 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 no. I love Pete no, Dub. Listen, listen. I love Pete Dub. Listen, he didn't let me get my five, I love Pete Dub, bro. Percy, bro? Percy. Percy Harvin? Nah, dog. Percy Harvin no, literally, I, I like, I, natural football player. Yes. One of those guys that was just like, he had, you talking about dog, yeah. finesse, attitude, aura. Like, I know, I give you that, but P-Dub. Hey. All right, go ahead, Nate. What's your thoughts after that tape there of that argument? So, so my, my belief is that Fred Taylor has CTE. <laughs> Fred <Yeah>. Taylor has CTE? <laughs> yes. Okay. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on this late, another late one, Thursday evening with the guys. Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer, is up there with me at the top. Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, is down there at the bottom. Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider, is with us also tonight. He's in a good mood. He's smiling. Got the Chick-fil-A cup <laughs> in hand. Um, and Los, I, I know Los isn't here with us this evening. I think he's still mad about that comment uh, that happened in last week's episode. I think he's still trying to find that person that commented. So he's still pretty triggered. But now he's dealing with some... <laughs> He's taking care of the family tonight. He'll be with, back with us next week. No worry about him. We'll be able to hold it down for now. Uh, we have a great interview with Lamont Green Sr. and Jr. or his nickname Boots. You get to learn about that, why they call him Boots, who just recently committed to Florida State for the 2023 class and gave us some great answers on why he committed. Mike Norvell and the staff, Adam Fuller Sr. talked about also the staff and also gave us some great detail after Nate's question, asking them about, you know, the legacy commits down in their area with Armella and Marvin Jones uh, Jr. too. So uh, a lot of good stuff there in that interview. We'll get that to you in the middle of this episode. Tonight, we're going to go over the P-Dub versus Percy debate that happened between Ocho Cinco, Brandon Marshall, Cam Newton, and Fred Taylor on their podcast. It went viral and it's everywhere. But P-Dub versus Percy, Nate said he's got to say a few things about that. Also, Travis Hunter, who Nate also loves, is has moved up four spots in the 247 Sports Composite as the number three player nationally. He's basically the number one wide receiver in DB in the class. We've got to talk about that. Uh, Florida State landed a 2024 commit today. We're getting ready for spring. We're going to spend 10 minutes on each position group that I'm about to tell you guys in defensive end, defensive tackle, linebackers. 
We're going to spend a little bit of time on that, getting you ready for spring camp. That's coming up on March 9th. And then, you're going to start like a stopwatch. I'm going to do stuff. Make sure all we get, all we get is 10 minutes. Los is in here. So I think we might just actually fit 10 minutes in each one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you know, Los would have a lot of questions for Nate and then we're going to end it off with some Chick-fil-A trivia and some basketball. So um, yeah, let's get started. Already introduced guys. As always, you can listen on iTunes, Google play. Let's get into it, man. If you're, if you're subscribed, if you're subscribed, hit that alert. Now you know what you can listen on. If you don't, that, Sorry. That sometimes right. so there, we, we've had a lot of new listeners new listeners means you got to find different platforms you, we appreciate you so uh go so, ahead so, Pete so, up first percy it's a, it's the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my entire life okay <laughs> it, it is the dumbest thing the dumbest let's roll let's roll the tape let's roll the tape let's roll yeah. the tape I don't know who you about to go to. Who you My go? time. The greatest collegiate football player ever is Peter Ward. Peter Ward, yes! No, that's, <laughs> my, that's my father. Yes. That's my father. If you go, no, no, you can't say it. Percy. Percy? Oh, come oh, on, check it out. Look, swear. You can't say swear that. No, 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 no. I love Pete Dub. Listen, listen. I love Pete Dub. Listen, he didn't let me get my five, I love Pete Dub, bro. Percy, bro. Percy. Percy Harvin? Nah, dog. Percy Harvin no, literally, I, I know, like, I, natural football player. Yes. One of those guys that was just like he had. You talking about dog, yeah. finesse, attitude, aura, like I know I give you that, but P Dub. Hey, and them runs. Who? Look at them Gator runs. Look at the Florida runs. We we won two in, in three years. I get that. Who was the superstar in those I runs? I get that, but you. you but I say this. I say this. If Percy wasn't there, there's no Tebow. You know. Real talk. Man. And I say that. And, and I, he know that. I fight and with him all the Real time. Talk. And anybody who's on that team knows if Percy's not there, yeah. there's no Tim Tebow. Ooh. Real talk. Great. You say Tebow's Shout the out greatest. Lou Murph. You say Tebow's the greatest college player ever. You say P dub. I say P dub. Where's Chef at? Chef, Chef, somebody gotta break the tie. No, nah, no, nah, P dub was a dog. Yeah, I he seen was. him. He had a mean, I seen him. he had a mean the dead, dead leg. Dead leg. I mean, he hit him with the I'm looking over there. Did you play with him in Cincy? Yeah. What happened? Uh, remember he tore his knee up. Oh, thank God. He tore his knee up. And that's what it was. But, but when he came in, was he still nice like that? Yeah. He wasn't. When I came, when I got drafted, he was still nice. Him and Ron Dugans. Him and Ron Dugans was there. P. Dub wasn't as explosive as Percy Harvin. I give you that. I give you that. I give you that. That don't mean nothing. Yeah, but that don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing. Nah. Percy did. Percy returned kicks. Pound for pound. Percy returned kicks. With no practice. So did P Dub. P Dub returned kicks. Percy returned punts. P Dub so returned did punts. Percy played receiver. So P Dub played receiver. Percy played running back. P Dub didn't do that. He didn't have Percy to do played. that. All right, go ahead, Nate. What's your thoughts after that tape there of that argument? So, so my, my belief is that Fred Taylor has CTE. <laughs> Brett yeah. Taylor has CTE. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because there's, there's no one in the right mind. I don't care. You know, you can be a Gator fan and, and say what you want, but there's no possible person in the right mind who's watched the game of football <laughs> that would say that Peter Warwick is not a better football player than Percy Harvin. Okay. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. And someone put on on Twitter about how how Percy plays in the SEC. And I'm going to read someone's tweet. And, and, you know, this is from 
at Kuzno. So if you listen, here's a shout out. This is who Peter Wart played in four years. Number 11, North Carolina. Number 14, Virginia. Number 23, USC. Number 16, Clemson. Number 21, Georgia Tech. Number 5, North Carolina. Number 9, Ohio State. Number 14, Texas A&M. Number 18, USC. Number 20, Georgia Tech. Number 12, Virginia. Number 1, Tennessee. Number 10, Georgia Tech. Number 20, NC State. Number 2, Virginia Tech. Miami four times. Two of those times they were rated uh, in the top 20. They played Florida five times. Each of the times they played them, Florida was top 10. Four of those times, they were top five. 22 ranked teams in four seasons, and he constantly just murked the University of Florida. He murked the University of Miami. He had a breakout game as a redshirt freshman against Clemson with 300 all-purpose yards. There's no one in their right mind that would sit there and say that one, as a receiver, Percy Harvin doesn't even sniff Peter Work. You put Peter Work in the same position as a, 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 on, a, on a jet sweep, He's going to take that to the house. Only thing that person may have on him is speed, straight line speed. And, and it's just, it's very baffling to me that someone would even have a conversation and realistically say that Percy Harvin well, the two people arguing for was better. For, two and, and they're both guys. 40 guys. Yeah, that's the only reason they were saying it. <laughs> yeah, no, Cam Newton and Fred Taylor were the ones arguing that. Uh, Percy Harvin might be ahead of uh, Peter Work in that debate. And Ocho Cinco, you know, the, the funny thing, Fred Taylor was like, well, Peter Work played wide receiver. Well, great. Peter Work did that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter, Peter Work played running back. Been, oh, Peter Work did that too. Peter Work would have, he would have been an All American at any position he wanted to play. And I don't even know if, if Percy Harvin was the best wide receiver to come out of the University of Florida. I don't really care to talk about Florida, um, you know, <laughs> but you know, Peter works one of the best college football players of all time. To even have that debate is a waste of time. It, it, it's just, it's just stupid. The only person that would ever, I would ever have a debate on, on better than than Peter Work at, in, in college would be Randy Moss. What are yours take? What's your take on it, Dilo? I mean, I I agree with Nate. I think uh, Peter Work is was better than uh, Percy Her- Percy Harvin in college, and you know we've had him on the show a couple of times. I would be really interested to see if he could pop in and make an appearance, and maybe we could get his take on it. I know that uh, P Dub would not be feeling that disrespect. <laughs> no, we've had P Dub on a few times on here the Spear, and. He lets it loose. He tells what he thinks. So, I mean, it would be great to get his take on it. I know he was sharing some of our Instagram stories because we were doing some content for it yesterday. And I had tweeted the video of it um, a few days ago. And I knew it could bring in a lot of uh, conversation. And it's been a big one over Twitter. But uh, Like we were saying in the production meeting, imagine everything he did and Twitter was around. Yeah. His catch for Virginia yeah, yeah. Would, would be trending worldwide. Mm-hmm. His... Little juke and two fumble, make 11 guys miss versus Louisiana Tech would be all over Twitter. His plant and juke after the tip, catching that tip pass against Florida, when, when you know, Florida played with Marcus Outson and still beat Florida to go to the national title game, that would have been all over Twitter. Florida State fans would have been going berserk. So 
you know, there's just too much of a short, short minded set, you know, all these instant gratification generation, like you young bucks out there, you know, have a short memory, need to go do some research and, and realize what Peter work would do in any era. I would have killed to go back and watch him. Yes, I, I, I would even put Percy Harvin, like the, the real debate is Reggie Bush versus Peter work. That would be a debate. I think that would be a fair conversation. Peter Work doesn't even deserve to be in the same sentence as Percy Harvin. Yeah, I, that's disrespectful. I agree with you big time. It's not even, it's not really even close to me. I just thought it was pretty entertaining to listen to. I do think the Reggie Bush one, which I got to see a little bit of time of when I was really like trying to follow football when I was young. Reggie Bush was a different animal, animal not only on the field but also in video games and NCAA. Uh, yeah, sports. I can just imagine Los being here right now, just screaming. <laughs> yeah, that he was his not, man. He would not be happy. Uh, P Dub was his man. That's why he wore number nine. And, and not for nothing, Peter Warwick stepped up in big games. You know, when it mattered most, he, that's when he played his best. Like, Percy Harvin was so stoned all the time and, and, and smoked himself out of games and, and put himself in suspension so much. Yeah, Peter Warwick, yeah, we can debate that. We won't go there, you know. Anyways, I don't even know any performance that Peter, that Percy Harvin had in a big game where, you know, he led Florida to a win. That was always Tim Tebow. Yeah, you think Tim Tebow was carried by Percy Harvin? Is that like even a conversation? That's what you saying Tim Tebow carried Percy Harvin. I'm saying that. Both of them. Or, yeah, in the conversation, they're saying Percy Harvin carried Tim Tebow. Yeah. I- I'm saying that Tim Tebow was a. No, I can't say that. <laughs> I, I, I got I to censor myself. We got sponsors here. All right. Yes. Be careful. <laughs> so there's going to be some point in life where, where Tim Tebow has a, a Tiger Woods moment when everything comes falling out, when, it, when the shoes just co- comes tumbling out about how he is as a person. Mm. we'll be here for it hopefully we're here to all be here together and conversate about it i've been there in per- i've been there in person at, di- at at hollywood studios nfl espn nfl show was there and listening to tim tebow freak out because there's all these florida fans trying to see him and watch him and he's having a little diva breakdown about keeping people away from him that's just all I act, man. Come on. Dramatic. Yeah, how, I can't stand how, him. How, how many church-going, Bible-thumping, TV evangelists have we seen just be the dirtiest scumbags in the world? <laughs> and hoping it's Tim Tebow is going to be one of them. Man. Would be nice. No, I, I can't stand him either way. He can. He doesn't even need to come out and something happened to him. I just can't stand him already. That's a, that's so. a whole debate. Let's go back to Percy Harvin now. Percy Harvin was a good he, – he was a skilled player. Can't take, the, can't take that away from him. You know, he was a threat. You know, dangerous with the ball in his hands. But oh, – come on, man. No. Yeah. Let me jump no. into Travis Hunter. <laughs> Let me no. jump into Travis Hunter, which is about to be another freak athlete that's coming to Florida State related to Peter Wark maybe. This guy just recently moved up in the 247 – Sports rankings now, yeah. Now the number three player nationally, he moves up four spots. He's now practically the number one wide receiver in DB 
in the class. Florida State is getting a free. Is he just the best in the class? Yes, he's. He, I've been saying it for how long now? People Very are finally, long. People are finally paying attention. Yeah, uh, he's just a natural football player. Doesn't matter what position he plays, he's gonna just stand out above the rest. Can you tell people that are commenting all on uh, Noel Game Day's Instagram and even Twitter that are saying, "Well, well, he's going to go to Alabama anyways, so why should uh, why should we care?" Um, no. Do your research. Do your research. This kid is a Noel. Just because he's a top flight player um, doesn't mean that he's automatically going to go somewhere else. Um, I think people need to really. Move past the last couple of years, move past the Taggart era, era, move past the, the end of, of Jimbo's time and see that things are slowly coming together, both, you know, in, in, in the administration side, in the off the field side and things are, are coming together with uh, the football only facility with, with uh, um, really big push of the booster program with, the uh, you know, the recommitment to, to football at Florida State is starting to turn the direction. And, you know, any Florida State fan with, with any common sense will see the impact that these coaches are having on the recruiting trail. And this kid is all Florida State. He recruits like a coach. He, this is, in my, my mind, my opinion, very similar to a Jacoby McDaniel um, in terms of, of just – it's no question. He, he's a Florida State guy. Stop being a chicken little and think that he's going to up and go somewhere else. I know there's a few people that there's a few, usually, you know, not knocking our Instagram followers. There's a lot of followers there and there's some that aren't, don't do their research enough, but I, I understand it's it. enough to, there's not really it. an argument right now. But, but Brandon Jennings isn't a, isn't a hunter. You know, I, that kid got some really bad advice and made th three different commitments, you know, n no disrespect, but, I, I think that people are so, you know, mentally worn out about kids decommitting from Florida State. Luke Altmaier, I get it. I understand it. But this is a different cat, man. Man, the, the videos of him this past weekend, I mean, it just didn't look fair at the uh, event he was at. I mean, it just didn't look like it was – he's going to have to play wide receiver. I think after – I mean, he has to play wide receiver too. You see how smooth he was off the line? Like, like – what is it? It reminded me of someone when they're off the line. I just don't. Is it? It does. Happen. I, I I didn't really watch watch and really research that, but like, it reminded it, me of someone when I was watching it over the weekend. You, but now, completely you know, st standing, you know, lined up in that like chips formation, he was already like two yards down the line down the down the field before like like these other guys really got off the line. It's just his his suddenness and. His, his explosion is ridiculous, man. Oh no, it's nuts! And his uh, his athletic ability to high point the ball over the mm -hmm. defenders is not really fair. I mean, he also is a two sport athlete. He plays basketball. He's got some jumpers on him, yep. uh, but he's not but, the and, biggest cat. But he, I mean, he just outrules people that are either on him or he's guarding. I mean, six one one seventy five is not small. You know, he's got time to grow. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Where, where do you guys think? So, Logan, you think wide receiver? I think I, I, I'm i all for you get a little mix of both for, for however long early on you 
got him at Florida think, State. I think that's what he said in interviews. He said, you know, he's going to come in and play defensive back, but in certain packages, he's going to be playing over on offense at wide receiver at times. So I don't know how you keep him off. That's the both worlds. I mean, this is how I look at it. And I could be wrong, but this is my opinion. So I'm going to say it. So there's, there's a lot of really damn good wide receivers out there. I, I don't think there's many that are as good or talented as him. But when you project into the NFL, the, those a guy like 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 Hunter and what he can become on either side of the ball, but what he could be as a defensive back, you know, being six one, six two, you know, one eighty five, one ninety, and his long arms, his jump, his athletic ability, the way he can high point the ball, his ball skills, everything put together, you know, as a defensive back is a top three pick that doesn't always happen as a wide receiver. So, you know, I think for me, you know, what, if I were him, you know, what's, what's going to maximize my potential as I, as I move on to the next level, you know, this is a kid that's going to be, God forbid, anything catastrophic happening is going to be a three and out kid. Um, not saying that, you know, he couldn't be a high draft pick as a wide receiver, but typically that doesn't really happen that often. You know, you look at a, a Devontae Smith or, a, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, they're looking at like friends top 10, you know, kind of depends on, on how things unfold. But there's always going to be a team that takes an elite defensive back that can shut down half the field. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I look at it as you play in my corner, let him be at that dominant guy in, in the back end, you know, a Jalen Ramsey type that just shuts down a defense, but you give him 10 to 15 snaps on offense because he's clearly shown in, in, you know, three years of high school football that, you know, he's got a ton of stamina that, you know, he doesn't wear down, you know, plays every facet. He's a, he's an athlete. So I don't think this is going to be a kid that necessarily gets worn out by playing, you know, whatever, 70 snaps on defense and another 15 on offense. I, I, I agree that you can't keep him, keep the ball out of his hands, but I look at like, you know, projecting down the line, you know, uh, you know, in my opinion is that a, an elite big time defensive back is going to get the chance to get drafted higher than a, an elite wide receiver. Cause there's always three or four of those in a class. There's only one or maybe one or two, like true top flight defensive backs um, that enter the NFL every couple of years. That's my opinion. What do you think, D-Lo? I agree. That was a long opinion. And so, I think sorry. covered it for us, but no, I, I, I'd like to see both <laughs> ways. Send them both ways. Um, these kind of athletes, you just can't keep off the field. He's going to be special anywhere, anywhere he plays. Yeah, I think they're going to test the waters at first. I, I really do think they are. And I, I also also really depends. I think it's open market for him on the defensive backfield. But if Florida State's wide receiver class and they're already cooking with chemistry uh, here by next year, then I think they'll be mm-hmm. they'll be fine a wide receiver unless they want to bring him in and, and just be uh, just another nasty target. But I think yeah. Florida State's wide receiver room is looking pretty bright and, and the quarterbacks are putting around him. So we'll see. We'll see where he moves. I, I mean, like – just his natural ability, you know, he's the best since Durin that's coming to Florida State. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Talent wise, like if we're talking like it's, straight up talent, freak at yeah. freak talent, like the freakish nature yeah. of them. Yeah. Those two, you know, the fact, I mean, he just doesn't that. get tired. That's the thing he did. This kind of looks easy. That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. It just looks just like he's gallivanting around and boom, there's a touchdown. He's grabbing over a defender. Like it's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. His length, his length is ridiculous. He's got long, he's at, so he's six one. He's got long arms, you know, he high points the ball. I mean, there's not many guys that are going to beat him for, you know, in in that in that phase of, of trying to catch a ball. No. Speaking of recruiting, Florida State landed a 2024 commit today, an athlete slash running back, Cam Davis. Uh, this is a pretty interesting commit because. You know, that's so far in advance and you're wondering, wait, how does it, what is the mm-hmm. staff seeing? You're like trying to do your own invest- investigation. <laughs> Whoa, what, what has he got on? What he only played five games. You were saying earlier, Dustin, yeah. in high school so far, so young. He also uh, is planning to play baseball too. The baseball team offered him. So he commits early to Mike Norvell and staff and also to Mike Martin Jr. And a dual sport athlete. This guy looks like a freak. I wish I could. If I wish I had an image to show the guys, everybody watching live right now. But I'm sure that people have seen the tweet. This kid looks looks a lot like Cam Akers. That kind of same build. Mm-hmm. That kind of vision. If you looked at a few of his plays, he's um, more yoked up. At, at, and, you know, at that. Yeah. At oh that. yeah. Yeah. More yoked. Uh, but then he's got also, good long speed. And you can also compare <laughs> long long speed. You can yeah, also I, compare him. You can also compare him because of. The he's fact that, that he's playing quarterback, he, the fact that he's also playing quarterback, he says that he's being recruited to play running back, but he right now he's still yeah. planning on playing quarterback too. So he, you got he's like at, a, he's at quicks and vision, you know the the quicks and the vision. The quicks and the visions for how old is he? You know what, 14, 15 years 14 old, fourteen or fifteen, yeah. <laughs> so you know, let, let, let's go ahead and, and and do an evaluation breakdown of a kid who played five games. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, but I digress. Yeah, no, he 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 looks definitely like a freak athlete. He's still very young. Got to wait and see some more film on him. But the staff sees something in him. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I mean that run, that run that was on going on Twitter is very Camish, very very Dalvinish with with the mm-hmm. vision. You know, yeah. like I mean, you can tell he can play. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it you can't not take those guys whenever you can get them. You know, yeah, yeah. He's had a long, long time for for his process to come, but you know, two sport, super athletic kids just don't grow on trees. And I mean, there there's always the possibility that he grows into a quarterback anyway. I mean, right now he's listed as an athlete. Florida State's recruiting him as a running back, but you know, depending on how his high school career shakes out. They could look at him as a potential quarterback option by the time the twenty twenty four class. He's got good power. Around. He's got good power too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, Davis played quarterback this year as a freshman. Um, you know, he went fifty out of ninety three, completed almost fifty four percent of his passes for three touchdowns and two interceptions. On the ground, he ran 55 times for 554 yards with five touchdowns, 10.1 yards average per carry. Remember, for mean, y'all listening, this is in five games now. Yeah, five you games. Know. Five games. He averaged over 100 yards on the ground per game while playing quarterback. I mean, really, to me, it kind of reminds me, 
you know, in the, in the same kind of vein as a guy like Cam Akers. Absolutely. Came out of high school as a five-star running back, but really was a productive quarterback during his high school career and could have went and played quarterback in college if he had chosen to do so. So, you know, for Florida State to be able to get guys that are dynamic multiple ways on the field, I, I think it can only improve the program. And, I mean, obviously we're going to have to see how this kid kind of develops and progresses over the next three years. But right now I would say it's a, prom- a promising take. You know, it's, yeah, early. It, it, it's really early. He's got he's got all the traits that so far, you know, one year in high school – or lining up for a kid that's going to be a damn good football player. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. a potential top prospect in the twenty twenty four class. You know, I mean, we have no we have no idea. It's hard it's hard to judge this early on in someone's football career. Absolutely. Well, even hard with some of those twenty twenty three kids. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you're two two years away. It's really hard to sit there and break down a huddle film and, and try to pinpoint things that you know, make a kid stand out and think that, you know, that's going to be what they are. Yeah. Well, guys, football is coming back to us. We had a nice little break, but in just a few weeks, Florida State is going to start spring practice on March 9th, and that means that we got to start getting into some spring position group breakdowns. Uh, We're going to go job by three position groups tonight. We're going to be doing this for the next couple of episodes to get you guys prepared. I got, I'm about to get the timer on. We're going 10 minutes each for, for all these. Cause if, if we could talk about this for, well, these aren't even the big like topic ones to talk about, but I had to put on a timer cause we could talk like for three hours about this kind of stuff. So I put on a timer for us. We're going to spend 10 minutes on defensive end, defensive tackle and linebackers. We'll start off with defensive end. We're getting ready for spring practice departures from last year joshua kando janaris robinson i called him the twin towers these guys have been at florida state for i how it feels like so long they're off to get have some uh potential there in the nfl new additions since this off off season jermaine johnson obviously was a number one juco was at georgia he comes to florida state he's expecting to start here thomas transfer from south carolina joshua farmer local guy here been putting in a lot of work Byron Turner, Patrick Payton, and George Wilson. Players returning from last season and before. TJ Davis, Quashawn Fuller, Josh Griffiths, Deontay Williams, Derek McLendon, and Curtis Fan. Gentlemen, first thoughts about heading into spring camp. What excites you the most about a few of these players in this position group that has been not so efficient the last couple of seasons? I like that there's actually productivity coming in between Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas. You've got some guys that have proven themselves on the SEC level. Something AC, or something Florida State hasn't had. They haven't had a pass rush these past few seasons. And it's needed. I think we've talked about it with EJ Manuel. Jermaine Johnson could come and have 10, 12 sacks and be a first-round pick this next season. He's that talented. It's, exa- it's exactly what Florida State needs. They need to give these defensive backs some time. Yeah, I mean, you know, really – the defensive end unit last year was, like you said, Austin, plagued by their inability to rush the passer. I mean, the team as a whole ended up with just 10 sacks in nine games, which was good for 119th in the country. So that's that's just a testament to the pass rush. So I think, you know, getting the new blood in here with the transfers and Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, 
along with some freshmen. I mean, a guy a guy who I'm excited to see is uh, Patrick Payton. And then there's some guys that are returning on the roster. Um, Josh Griffiths, TJ Davis, who we didn't get to see much last year, but who has some promise. And then, you know, some guys who have been in the program a couple years, Derek McClendon, Curtis Fan, and Wishon Fuller, we'll start to see if, you know, they step up this spring and become viable options to, to start getting some snaps. Yeah, I'm interested to see Josh Griffiths right off the bat was getting a lot of PT in the early part of last season. Uh, and then I think just because how the season was going and Adam Fuller and the defense just kind of being shot at most points, you know, there was a lot of guys going in and out there trying who fits best. But this defensive end group, there's got to be a pass rush, obviously the big name, Jermaine Johnson. But I, I got question marks about Quashawn Fuller, man. He comes in, he, he decides over Florida to come to Florida State. I still think there's a potential there for him to get some playing time. But last year, I think a lot of things that – the thing that really – wrecked him and slowed him down was just kind of just being consistent on being consistent in plays and, and being, he's got to get better in shape. I think for him, I think there's potential for him uh, to get a lot of playing time this season. I don't think uh, he'll, he'll be a starter, uh, but I do think he's going to have a lot of potential to play. Griffiths is another question mark for me. Um, I think but, you, I think you, you could just say pretty much the entire returning room is, is a question mark. I mean, no one out of that unit, and I mean, they're all pretty much young players outside of uh, maybe uh, Deontay Williams, the transfer from Baylor, who didn't see a ton of time last season. I, I think when you look at that room, the, the name that stands out for me is Derek McClendon. I think he played really, really well. And, and when he got a chance last year, you know, you know when, you, when you look at that, that room, it, 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 it's going to be Jermaine Thomas and in, in, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, Byron Turner, Patrick Payton. I think you'll see Payton and, and Wilson in situational pass rushing. Um, but I think that, you know, Florida State's going to get a lot out of McClendon. Um, you know, I, I think he's a little bit slept on as a player. Uh, I think that, you know, he, in my opinion, w- was better, should have started over, Janarius Robinson. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if you can get that fourth and fifth guy at that position, you know, you'll, you'll be, you'll be okay there. You know, um, I'm, but, I'm, I'm right there all, with we, you, McClendon. Yeah. We, we all know the, the lack of pass rush and that's what it just comes down to is how are they going to generate a pass rush? Because it doesn't matter who's at, at DB, you know, the fact that you only get 10 sacks and nine games is just, it's atrocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go back and looking at Joshua Farmer as a new addition to this team. I see a guy that was one of the first that you know the staff was after and, and was able to keep with the guy that's local too. That he just was the first all about football. Of the Mike Norvell era. Yep, yep, and was able to uh, kind of have they got they got some kind of vision for this guy. I think he's just I love his last name. I think it's going to fit well. And I, I think that he's just watching his workout videos and his work ethic is going to translate really well for him on this field. And he's a guy that I, I, I'm watching I, out for heading into spring camp. I think he kicks inside two or three. He's already up to like 270. Yeah. No, he's um, a big boy. He's put on, he's put on. Uh, maybe I listed him pounds. wrong on here. So, I mean, you know, TJ Davis is coming off an injury. I know the staff w- was excited about his potential coming in. 
Um, he was a little bit under-recruited. Um, but, you know, if, if he can come in and just come off that injury, uh, that's someone I, I would watch too. You know, Kushan Fuller, uh, I know, you know, he's done a lot of work to transform his body. Just, just haven't seen it yet. Uh, I agree with Logan. It's something just isn't adding up for him. You know, it, it, it kind of maybe a tweener, maybe isn't is it a true DM, but isn't a true three technique. You know, so does he just, you know, try to cut a ton of weight and become a, a true DN, or does he put weight on and become a become a full time three technique? So I think he's a little bit of a tweener there, and that's why we haven't really seen him, you know, make that next leap in, in the college level. And that's why you always take big body defensive ends. You know, we talked about last week with you know, the twenty twenty three commitments and all this kind of stuff and all these DNs. You just could never have enough. I guess my question to you guys would be, how worried would you be about the defensive end room if, you know, Mike Norvell and the staff hadn't been so proactive in the transfer portal to be able to land Jermaine Johnson and Pierre Thomas? And then obviously you lose Robinson and Kando. I mean, without without landing those two guys, what's the state of this room right now? Scary. Uh, scary, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I trust that they have a plan. Yeah, no, they, they they were ahead of it. They've done it for other position groups too, which we'll have a good discussion of the next couple of weeks when we're going through these position previews. But I think right now we're all in agreement that there'll be a Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas show, and then whoever's behind him, I think McLendon too is one that's going to show out. I mean, he number 55 was doing a good job of that last season. I loved watching him go out there and put out his all. His effort was great. Um, it looks like he's in some better shape now too. Um, and, and you also get Curtis Fan back too. Yeah, bang. No, he opted out, right? Last year? I can't remember. I don't I, don't I think so. Yeah. Reason? <laughs> I don't believe I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe the chat can tell us. Or someone tweet us. I don't believe he was. I know there was a lot of I excitement of Brem maybe getting some playing time. Wasn't it Chapman that opted out? He opted was. out and transferred. There's a couple of them. But I digress, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> Let's keep going, baby. <laughs> that was a good 10 minutes. But yeah, the defensive end group, uh, there's a few question marks behind Johnson and, and Thomas. But defensive tackle, though, another another uh, position group that has struggled last year. Addition was a, by subtraction. Yeah. Hmm. Now, this is going to be a big positive one, I think, that's going to hit the spring. Departures, Marvin Wilson and Corey Durden. New additions, Chambray Jackson, returners, Robert Cooper, Dennis Briggs, Fabian Lovett, Drew Thompson, Jarrett Jackson, and Malcolm Ray. Guys, this defensive this defensive tackle room has got to be better than what it was last year. We just got done talking about the defensive ends. Efficient was efficiency wasn't good, but these two, I mean, this this defensive tackle group was atrocious per what we were thinking it would be. The mob two point oh. The mob. The mob's gone. The yeah, mob's I, gone. I, I, I think we maybe I, I'm, I'm shouldn't be speaking for us, but I think we may all be in agreement that the best defensive tackle by the end of the year was Fabian Lovett. I think we can agree on that. Um, yeah, you know, he, he made a lot of I think Dennis Briggs was pretty good too. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, about to say, but then Dennis Briggs comes back and played really damn good. So, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that position, you know. Uh, 
I, I think that you got a guy who's gone in, in Durden who just brought down everything that the, the, the staff tried to do. You know, just it's just a crappy teammate. I don't know if he's um, going to go through with NC State. I don't think that's going to happen. That's just a – it's not really a bold prediction. I just don't think that's happening. Got to graduate first, right? You got to get the grades. There, I think there's a few distractions happening. But, I mean, mm-hmm. we're not we're – only, only, we've given our harp on Durden and I, maybe Wilson too. Yeah, but there's I, a lot I, of things I, I, that we're holding this this position group down. Well, I, I do think that, you know, they need, team. A, they need a Malcolm Ray to take that next step and kind of, you know, show some of those flashes. They need Jared Jackson to be healthy. Um, they do need the depth, but when you look at, you know, one, two, three, four with, with Cooper, Briggs, Lovett, and Thompson, I think you have four four guys with a lot of experience and a lot of guys who can, you know, be rotational. So, um, and I, I, I'm not giving up giving up on Malcolm Ray yet. I think you know he's a guy that has a lot of potential. Yeah, and I mean, we've heard a lot about Malcolm Ray over the first two years of his career in Tallahassee. I think, was it his true freshman season when he was the, like, the practice player of the year or, mm-hmm. or some kind of award like that? <clears throat> and he was getting a lot of recognition. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Nate, I mean, that that first four in the uh, on the depth chart, you know, Robert Cooper, Dennis Briggs, Fabian Lovett, True Thompson, however you slice it up, I think that's a that could be a very productive four guys for Florida State. It obviously helps with the depth, and then behind them, you know, if you can get get some contributions from Ray and Jarrett Jackson, maybe Shambry Jackson uh, when he comes in, you know, that's just that's icing on the cake to me. But those first four guys, those are who, you, who you're going to want to be your main productive guys. And, and, and I think on pass downs, you're going to see them generate, you know. A, a pass rush. I think they're going to kick in Kier Thomas to a three on passing downs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You'll get a benefit there from kicking Thomas inside, whether Griffiths is in there on DN on passing downs. But you kick Thomas inside and he's rushing with either Lovett or Briggs. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that pass rush is looking a lot better because last yeah. year they just weren't putting in effort. Yep. So, you know, that, that, that's something that, you know, we haven't really seen since, since Walker. You know, you know, DeMarcus really excelled at that at that spot of you know moving to a three and, and just creating havoc. And I mean it's not it's not just the pass rush, you know, the running the the defense against the run has got to get a lot better. And I mean this mm-hmm. plays this plays into what we're gonna talk about with the linebackers coming up too, but just a couple stats. Mm-hmm. I mean nine games last year, Florida State only recorded forty eight tackles for loss, five point three tackles for loss per game. That was good for eighty eighth in the country. They allowed 199.2 rushing yards per game, 97th in the country. They allowed 5.12 yards per rush, and they gave up 25 rushing touchdowns, which was seventh most in the nation. That's legit uh, making my right eye twitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done yet. Uh, They they tied for 105th in the country, giving up 36 points a game, and they gave up 324 points in nine games, which was uh, 103rd in the country. So it it was bad on all fronts for that Florida State defense last year. And, I mean, it all starts up front. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm – the defensive tackle group was atrocious. And, like you said, the running game has got to be fixed too. Um, 
with with defending that. I mean, I think Florida State had a good game plan against uh, North Carolina for a half, but you know they made a uh, North Carolina made adjustments and were able to absolutely make that look silly like that even happened in the first half. Uh, my biggest guy right now is very very high on him heading into the offseason last year uh, or heading into the spring. Uh, but he did end up opting out was Dennis Briggs. So I'm still going to stay and keep my, uh, keep my chips out there on the table. I'm going to say Dennis Briggs is going to have a big time spring and eventually hopefully have a good fall camp too. But Dennis Briggs is a guy I think is going to hold down that, you know, I just, you know, Robert Cooper is Robert Cooper. I I just, I think he's still got to trim down some. I mean, I, I don't know how long he can last out on plays. I didn't know how long, Corey Durden could last out on plays. I didn't know. I mean, you could see the shape difference in Corey Durden in the last two years. It just wasn't any kind of focus towards the uh, football. Uh, did you see the the the, the little video of uh, Love It working out? You know, Cooper was behind him, and he looks like he slimmed down even more. Yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, they're they're working on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it'll be. This is going to be an interesting camp so far with the defensive ends and defensive tackles, and then it just gets even more interesting here. Linebacker group, another group that's struggling. We're going through like the depressing parts first. That's, I think that's what we have lined up. That's what Dustin got us lined up. The depressing first, so then we can ease into some more. I figured, settings. you know, we had we had a defensive end come on the podcast talk about his commitment to Florida State. Might as well start with the defensive ends. No, I'm completely Work our fine way down. With you can't get out of the dessert right away. You got to eat all the rest of the meals. So uh, let's see, departures. Kevon Glenn, the new additions, Jordan Eubanks and Cheyenne Brown. Returning guys, Amari Gaynor, Emmett Rice, Stephen Dix Jr., Leonard Warner, Jaleel McRae, DJ Lundy, Jayon McCluster, Kalen Brooks, and Kalen Deloach. A lot of names, a lot of guys that ended up sticking and then staying with Florida State. This is a lot of names. <laughs> this is a Well, well first, room. let's go ahead and move Warner – Fox, that's where he's coming. Oh, yeah, I, I messed just, up. Let's just do this. Let's move Warner to the bench. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, the funniest thing, funniest thing is you look up his transfer portal thing. It shows, like, the Florida State logo, and then it has an arrow to the Florida State logo. He's <laughs> uh, transferring back to Florida State. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of recruits, a couple of 2022, 2023 kids, and a name that's popped up a pretty frequently is the name of Mari Gaynor. So that, that tells me that, you know, Florida State coaches are kind of comping these kids to him. So that tells me that I think, you know, we talked a little bit last year about how maybe he was underutilized. So I think maybe they, they find a role for him on, on, on the defense. And that's someone that you can't keep off, off the field. I, I think getting Rice back is very helpful for this unit. Um, and I really liked what I saw from – from uh, Stephen Dix and from DJ Lundy as freshmen, you know they're in a tough position, and, and I, they're gonna they're gonna make wrong reads, they're gonna make make errors, but I think that was a lot of learning by by fire, child by fire there. So I, I like what you have there, you know, just seeing um, you know a Julio McCray just who hasn't put it together, you know McCluster has had to change his body a little bit, um, DeKalen Brooks is. Whatever, <laughs> Kellen Deloach will be no comment. Um, <laughs> but oh, who's your favorite player? Um, you know, Florida, Florida State's got to find some depth there. Um, you know, they don't. 
they don't go very deep in a position that is important. And I think that's why we're really seeing a facilitation of four two five is using your strength uh, in the defensive backfield, kind of limiting um, what's a, 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 it's a perceived weakness right now. Um, I think that's overall the weakest unit on the defense. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Steven X Jr. does with the full sprain. He gets a full camp because he looked he looked good last year. Obviously, you'd like to see him play better in space, especially in coverage. But the instincts are there. He just has to finish plays. He didn't look out of out of place. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him working on, with a full off season with Chris Marf, who are, I think we're all really high on as a linebackers coach, and, and seeing what he turns into this season because I, I thought he made some pretty big plays last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, he's a freakish athlete. He's a big boy. Came in, takes care, takes a good care of his body, um, and there. It's, it, to me, the names that really stick out that excite me, obviously, Gainer. It's going to be Rice, Diggs Jr., and then to me, DJ Lund, uh, Lundy for right now because uh, how much playing time he got last year, I think Chris Marv sees a lot of them. Uh, it just is so interesting to me that guys like Deloach and McRae, two of those guys we were, were talking highly of at this time last year. We, you know, we were talking like, all right, they're, they're going to have a lot of playing Kellen Deloach started game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, without- he, he started over, over Gainer in game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole and thing disappeared. Was, yeah, which was crazy to us. We talked about it when we were recapping games. Like these two have disappeared; they're gone. Um, and so, going back to Amari Gaynor, you know, me and Nate and all of us on here have talked about it last year. I think you know with how the season was going, and everything. Adam Floor didn't know where to put him. I mean, Chris Marv didn't either. They just had no idea where to utilize him at. It was ridiculous. They're using him in end zone packages and then leaving him off the field when uh, the opponents were making drives in the middle of the field going down. the field. It was, it was stupid. That was embarrassing. They did it for multiple games, too. It just was nonstop. I think that's got to be fixed uh, because you can't keep a guy like that who's going to have faster speed than most guys in that linebacker unit off the field and you just use them for a goal line package. Uh, it's, that can't happen again. Um, if, if, there's one guy, if there's one guy on the defense, it's got to be an every-down player, or at least in the linebackers, it's got to be an every-down player. It's got to be Amari Gaynor. I mean, he's just too good to to keep off the field and you know limit his snaps. It makes no sense. It, good it, tackler, it, physical, um, and go, can go east to west real quick. And, and we almost – it's like they forgot about what he, he flashed as a freshman, as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, that, and that, that that's where they need to move down to where we didn't even talk about it. Could he move mm-hmm. down to, uh, to the line? He could move to a DN? I think that'd be Box a situational. Route. I think that'd be not not every down guy. He's out. He's at two thirty three right now. Two thirty three. Mm-hmm. Nah, you got to you got to keep him where he's at and be that athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, th- this group not, is not, not, not every kid's made, you know, body, body structure wise to to add on fifty pounds in college, you know. No, nah. that's, that's where the injuries start to happen. If he got his legs straight. I've talked to him about yep. that. If he gets his legs straight, does a little bit more squats. He likes getting those biceps big. But if he got his legs straight, he's got long legs. Looking good on the beach, man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Try to get all those tattoos out there for the girls. But, yeah, no, they – this group, they got to figure out Amari Gaynor. Uh, Emmett Rice comes back, a veteran dude. 
I think it, hopefully, you know, we were very excited about him last year. You know, they had a rough start to the season, but I think finished off very well. Great in the run game, defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Stephen Diggs Jr. and DJ Lundy are those two guys that I think are going to be boom, 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 in and out playing a lot in this defense. The rest is kind of question marks. But this group right now, I think – has the talent it just really worries me about what happened last year between adam fuller and chris smart what what was going on i know the season was shot maybe and they're tested different things but this can't happen again and hopefully this spring i think the spring will help the staff a lot i mean we'll talk about the next few weeks when we're going through all these position groups but this spring is going to help this team a lot because it look you could definitely tell it was a new coaching staff that came in and he didn't have a spring because for some of these games some guys were not supposed to be in some areas uh all right i think that's pretty much anything else on these three groups guys any any last comments that it can't get any worse (laughs) so probably i mean it can only only get better you can't afford injuries period but these these three segments you really can't afford to lose your top you know the the top four guys on on your depth chart you know you can't afford to lose uh a, a Jermaine Johnson, you can't afford to lose uh, Amari Gaynor throughout the season. So, you know, they really got to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, what, what 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 position groups are we doing next week? What should we go and tell, tell them? I don't know. We'll, what we're, I guess what we'll we? keep working our way down the defense. So we'll do nah, 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 man. Switch it up. Let's do, let's do running back. Whoa. Quarterback. Just a random one in the middle. Okay. <laughs> running back, quarterback, and kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we'll be doing special teams as a. Got to make sure you got to make do, sure Los is back for the kicker. Let's do, let's do long snapper, yeah. kicker, and punter. <laughs> there you go. That's what. Stay tuned for next week's episodes. Yeah. I'll definitely get him to come in here and yeah. hide in and listen. Oh man, and we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, it'll be a tease. It'll be a surprise. Maybe somehow we could convince Carlos that they gave a fourth scholarship to a kicker. <laughs> Prank him on here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we uh, move on to the Chick-fil-A trivia week two, let's jump into our interview with Lamont Green Jr. Lamont Green oh I just like torched their name in the interview. You'll see what I started off. But Lamont Green Jr. and Lamont Green Sr. Uh, great interview there. Uh, let's go and transition it to you now. But big time guest, most one of the most recent commits of the month, Lamont Green Jr. and Lamont Lamont Green Sr. with us. Uh, obviously, we know Sr. from his time at Florida State playing linebacker, was a team captain, also spent some time in the National Football League. Um, now we're going to be also interviewing his son in the 2023 class, just recently committed to Florida State last week. The Greens, what's going on, guys? Glad to have you on this evening. How y'all doing? Hello. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I know. Too much. I feel like Nate and Dustin have interviewed y'all multiple times on different channels. Yeah. <laughs> Before. Uh, but first, I, w- I wanted to start off and, and pretty much bring up to you, uh, Junior, and or should I say boots? Yeah. Nate has a question for your nickname coming up soon. But first off, you committed to Florida State last week. Why did you just decide to do it now? Was there anything maybe the staff kind of gave you 
a better chance of, you know, committing early? What was your, uh, why did you want to commit so early? Uh, I just felt that it was time. I felt that I, I've been pretty much waiting my entire life. So I thought right now would be the best time to do it. <laughs> get my spot secured and yeah, I just thought it was time. Did uh, the lack of visits kind of enforce that too, though? Not being able to take any visits over the last year, did that kind of force your hand? I don't want to say force your hand, but kind of let you know that, hey, this is where, where I got to go? Oh, uh, well, the lack of visits really didn't matter because I, I go there quite a bit anyway. So it really didn't affect my decision. And yeah, uh, for, for Lamont Sr., just switching back over real quick. Um, I asked you this the other night, but you, know, you started Florida State under Bobby Bowden, were a team captain during your playing days. What's it mean to you now to see your son, Lamont Jr., begin to follow in some of those same footsteps that you had in Tallahassee? Um, it's great. You know, it's, uh, like I said before, it's something that I thought about, you know, coaching him in Little League football, coaching him in high school football. Um, it was always something that was in the back of my mind, but as he got in high school, he started to develop more and more and more. And then he just, I mean, he just blew up. And, um, you know, but he's always been a hard worker. He's always been a, one thing that I can't say about him, he, he's a, he's a technique guy. He wants to be perfect on every snap. You know, he wants to be perfect with his technique. You know, even with me being his defense coordinator when uh, he was a freshman, it would always, he was an after the meeting guy. What, what happened on this play? Well, why, why didn't I step right on this play? How did I get hooked that time? Mm -hmm. What could I do better? You know what I mean? So he was always one of those question kids. And it, it was always fascinating to me too, because we, we always left football at the meeting room. Once we, once we left the school, once we left the meeting room, we, we tried to leave football there and, you know, at home, just be, you know, regular, regular people. So, he, um, you know, he's got a high football IQ. You know, obviously we've worked on a lot of stuff for a long time, you know, you know, um, so, so um, I think he just, he's just, everything's falling into place. Everything's falling into place now in these next two years, he should really be able to, you know, um, really be able to show, you know, show off at a high school level. Absolutely. I wanted to ask, um, you know, we, I, we had you on the Unconquered Talk podcast uh, before this football season. And um, we talked about Norvell in the direction of the program. And now that you've kind of seen him firsthand and how the staff recruited your son, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on kind of the coaching staff now on where it stands and, and where this program is heading based off your interactions with them? Well, you know, um, most of my interaction has been, you know, basically as a, as a, um, you know, a former a former player, and as a you know a, a parent of a recruit, right? But so I can only respond on that part of it. But as far as the recruiting goes, man, these guys are unbelievable, man. Um, you see, you see how it's going, and a lot of kids are falling in place now. Even the ones that haven't committed yet are talking very highly of Florida State. So you, it's no coincidence. You know, they, these guys are doing a really, really good job. They're going to try to get the kids that they want. And that's what we needed. You know, that's what we, 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 we're always a, just with a couple of players away. You know, so even last year, 
you know, even last year, we're just a couple of players away. We changed a couple of players and we we right back in the mix. So it's 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 um you know, recruiting is big for us. Recruiting is big for the nose and and I think those guys are doing a terrific job. Going back to junior boots, you committed last week, but how long ago did you know that it was Florida State? Obviously, your dad played at Florida State, and I'm sure he played a big role in you sticking with being a Knoll, and I've overheard him and other interviews saying how big of a push he was where you sticking with the Garnet and Gold. But when did you know that you know this was going to be your time to commit to Florida State and you knew that you wanted to play in Doe Campbell Stadium? Uh, well... I would say since I was younger, but I also want to say since I got the offer. They've been talking to me since I was – for my entire life. So, mm-hmm. I I just always been thinking Florida State. So, around this time, I was thinking I should just commit now. But I would say I was thinking of it since I got the offer last year. Gotcha. And were there other schools pushing hard right now? I mean, are there still some that are pushing right now to sway your decision and, and try to go somewhere else? Uh, I'd say Miami. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, that's horrible for them. <laughs> <laughs> they can try their hardest. <laughs> so, where's the nickname come from? So walk us through through the Boots nickname and how that came about. Okay, well, he probably want me to explain that part. So, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys, as you guys know that, Boots has, Boots has six sisters. So we have, he has six sisters. Um, <laughs> he's smack dab in the middle. So he's, number, he's number four out of the gang. So, um, no, he's actually number five out of the gang. So um, he's the only boy. He's the only boy out of the six, out of the, out of the seven kids, and uh, one of his sisters used to love the show Dora the Explorer. Ah, uh, yeah. And when he was a little baby, she said that she was Dora the Explorer, and uh, he was the little monkey Boots. <laughs> so you know, it's a little, it's a little, it's, there's a little monkey called Boots on the show that uh, that's her little friend. Mm-hmm. So once she said that, the name just stuck. He was probably he was probably six, seven months old, and we've been calling him Boots ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. I love where it comes from. I just would love to see his face right now because going from Dora the Explorer football player, I mean, it's hilarious, though. And I and he, and he takes it. He likes using it. You like using it, Junior? Sure, you like using boots. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I thought the answer but, would know, be. It's so, funny. it's so funny because if I ever call him by his real name, he looks so weird at me because that's all I call him. Even when we were, you know, on the field, I'm like, boots. I never <laughs> called him. I've never called him Lamont, you know, so it's just, or Junior. I, I don't think I ever used Junior. So I just, you know, I've always called him boots. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So um, this is for, for Junior. Uh, I, I know you talked a little bit about your relationships with, uh, Coach Fuller, right? So, um, walk walk us through kind of how how things unfolded with with your recruitment. Um, you know, I know you kind of mentioned it always going to be Florida State, but did they say anything to you where you you were kind of like, all right, yeah, this is this is it for me? That kind of helped you make that decision. Uh, well, the coaches the coaches kept in good contact with me. They didn't just offer me, then not talk. 
Mm-hmm. They every chance they got, they would talk to me, let me know that I wanted there, how they'll treat me good if I go. So, yeah, they, it was just mostly them. Then they keep they they treat me well over there. Mm-hmm. Are there any players, current players, and um, definitely guys in the twenty twenty two class that are? Recruiting you hard? Any group chats with these guys? Nah, none of them talk to me. Gotcha. I did. I did want to ask you uh, really quickly about Coach Odell because you know, obviously, you grew up working with him at some of the Florida State camps. So, what's your relationship like with him, and you know, how much of an impact did that have in your decision? Uh, Coach Odell used to coach my dad, right, and. I met him when I went to one of the Florida State camps when mm-hmm. I was in seventh or eighth grade. And then when I went to ninth grade, I started playing DN. So that's when I had like directly knew that he was going to be coaching me. So then we were working, talking. And then that's kind of how I got a connection with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how I, I got to know him, and now we keep in good touch. I'm going to ask uh, you too, Junior, real quick. How much of it being a legacy recruit impact your decision overall? I mean, you obviously were – your dad playing at Florida State is a big deal, but what is it going to be like for you, you know, eventually playing in Doe Campbell Stadium? What excites you about being in that stadium? Uh, it excites because I've been there – I've seen it so many times on the TV screen in person. I've seen what the atmosphere is like, especially on game day. I've seen how wild the crowd gets. Uh, it was it was just a, the excitement, all of it, and um, my dad being me being a legacy <laughs> a legacy recruit. Uh, it, it was a good part of it. It it was that the school being how it is and then me just want to go there. Uh, you post a lot of videos um, of you putting in that work in the weight room. Um, I, so are you, you thinking strong side or weak side when you get to college? Uh, I, I prefer to be on weak side. Do you think that, um, you know, your maturation as a, as a, as a player is going to, force you to slide over to the, the strong side? I mean, do you think you're going to kind of outgrow that position or, you know, how, how, how do you envision things unfolding for you? Uh, well, I don't know how much I'm going to grow to, so we're right. going to have to wait and see. You prefer the weak side? Yeah, I prefer well, weak side. Uh, why is that? Uh, well, yeah, it's the, it's the other side of the quarterback, so I have more chances to, like, get behind him after getting mm-hmm. past the tackle then getting a sack. Right. Yeah, it's, ma- it's mainly that reason. Okay. Justin, Sorry. I think you have one. Um. Yeah, I actually have one for uh, Lamont Sr. Um, I asked you this last week, but, you know, you talked about how well the staff did recruiting your son – and now they're going to get the chance to develop him, you know, not only on the football field at the next level, but also as a man as he moves into college and things like that. So 
you know, what do you, what do you think about the way that they're going to be develop, develop, developing him <laughs> in both of those aspects? Um, well, I, I like, um, you know, I did a little bit of background research on Coach Novell, like some, some of his policies and things before he even got to Florida State. And, uh, you know, I like, you know, I like a lot of the things he do, a lot of the things that he's doing. A lot of the rules that he have in place, you know, he doesn't have many, but the rules that he has is, uh, you know, things that help young boys adjust to becoming young men. You know, um, there are certain things that he's not going to allow in the building, and and that's something that I appreciate having a son going into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think that I get a good vibe from him. You know, I think that he can help my son develop into a man. Um, like I said, you go, you know, you go to college in the the, the most developmental stages of becoming a man in your life, eighteen to twenty two years old. You know, <laughs> once you come out of there, there's no turning back. You don't go. You know, ain't, ain't too many people going back home and lay up under mama after they, you know, after they turn 22 and they graduate from college. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the uh, that's the turnover point, you know, and I want and I feel safe. You know, these guys, especially with Odell, they, you know, Odell's like an uncle to me um, and somebody I hold dear. And I know he's going to take care of my son. And, um, you know, and I know and I feel good about the rest of the coaching staff also. Absolutely. I, that was leading to my next question here is what is your relationship with the staff? Like, I know you talked very highly about Mike Norvell and also Odell Hagens, which Odell Hagens, I mean, that, that's a name that is going to resonate in this, on this campus and well, does for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is your relationship with Norvell? How talkative are you guys together and how much of it did it play a point in your son committing to FSU? Well, you know, I, you know, I had to get to know him. You know, I had to get to know everybody. Um, um, but I can say that I've talked with Coach Fuller uh, a lot more than I've talked with Coach Novell. You know, head coach is a busy man. Mm-hmm. But I've talked with him on occasion, um, you know, three, four times, and every time it's been good. I met with him when they came down for the meet and greet in Miami. Um, had a long, long said We talked for a long time. Um, met the rest of the staff. Um, I haven't met Coach Wilson yet because he hadn't, he hadn't, um, he wasn't a part of the staff yet. Um, but I've, everybody else I've met, um, you know, but we've developed, uh, I think, a thicker a thicker bond with Coach Fuller than, you know, really more than Coach Norvell just because of the time constraints. You know, Coach Fuller has a little bit more time. You know, his, that's his job to recruit a whole lot like that, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, you know, Boots got to spend a lot of time with Coach Norvell. As, I mean, uh, with Coach Fuller. And um, as you know, um, me and Ron Dugans, we were teammates. So that's that's a whole different, you know, connection right there. You know, me and him, we spent most of our time in college together. Um, and then Odell, you know, Odell was a young coach when I got to Florida State. And, you know, when you, when you have a young coach, they really, they're really doing the most. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Odell spent a lot of time with us, even though he was the D-line coach and the tight ends coach at first. But, you know, he spent a lot of time with me after practice doing pass rush things helping me out this that and other so you know and over the years that was you know that was like the connection for the older guys to the program was Odell so you know um you know so I've our our, our connection has never been broken over all these years so he's kind of like you know like an uncle to me you know so you know so I got a pretty good relationship with the staff Uh, you kind of 
I think, you know, played around with the question, but, you know, realistically, you know, shoot straight. How mad would you have been if he did not go to Florida State? I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, we're disappointed, you know. You can't say mad. You know? I, I can say it like this. If he was a kid that just played high school football and he didn't have an opportunity to go to Florida State, then I would be happy with whatever school he could go to. Mm-hmm. But being that he's in the position that he's in and he had this opportunity, um, not many people can say they're a legacy recruiter and have the opportunity for, you know, you know, their dad to be able to stand on the sideline and watch them play. And me as a dad have opportunity to stand on the sideline and watch my son play. So, um, I, I answering your question, I think I would have been crushed. I think I would have been crushed. And, and I want to ask a follow-up question to that. Um, you know, over the you know the, this cycle, there's a, a few a few guys, and you look at your son. You know, there's a, there's a lot of top-flight legacies out there that Florida State is recruiting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, how what's your opinion on how important it is for Florida State to kind of you know land those kids? You know, one, they're good players on their own. Oh, I know the two, the, the no. two that you're talking, the two that you're talking about. Yeah. We all in the same area. Yeah, we all we need those two bad. We yes. need those two bad. Those are, those are, those aren't regular players, guys. No, those, the, the, those the, the, guys. Those are elite those kids. Guys, uh, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is a complete gorilla. He's just, <laughs> I mean, he is. He is all over the field. He he is truly a five star player, and mm-hmm. you know, and Julian Armella, you know him and Boots, they play little league football together. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and me and Enzo, we talk all the time. So him and Julian are, are are really close, and they you know they they work out at the same gym, you know a lot of things like that. So we we but we need those two. We need those are really important. Those are definitely those two. If those are the two that you're talking about, yeah, those are two I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really need those two. Those are important. They're, they're important for our program. Not only that they're legacies, but we need those. We need that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, important that they're legacies. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's just that that's important for our program. That's important for the logo, you know, just to to pass that torch along. And I'm pretty sure that their dads are letting them know that. But like you say, uh, sometimes kids have different, you know, different thinking. But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they do the right thing. Right. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Green, definitely appreciate you and Junior Boots for coming on with us this evening. Definitely appreciate it. We're definitely looking Absolutely. forward to covering you through high school. I know these two already yeah. – I know Dustin and Nate already interviewed you before this, so we're, we've, this is our third interview with you guys. We definitely <laughs> appreciate you all for coming on this evening this late at night and uh, spending some time with us, and we look forward to covering your son, Senior, uh, in a few years and covering it through recruitment too. Okay, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Thank you. And we are back from the interview from the two green guys. Definitely appreciate them coming on and spending some time with us this late at night. Uh, the future looks bright for that class and loved hearing the insight, Nate, you're asking for it, but you know, the veteran or not the veterans, but the legacy recruits are a big deal. Cause there's some talent that some Florida state guys were talking Marvin Jones, Jr. Armella. You need offensive line and offensive line guy. That's talented. Like, like I, I agree with what, Singer said, you know, this is a like program changing, you know, need 
you know, you know with you know perception wise, you need it, but more so you need it because they're just talented football players. Yeah. Well, let's jump into our Chick Fil A trivia before we jump into some basketball, which I'm excited to talk about. Austin, I forget. Wait, who won last week? Because someone said I they'll. Did. I did. They won. That's right. Oh, I, I, Austin, I, I, gave, I, I gave it to Austin. Yeah, and Austin said that he's a big Chick Fil A guy. Like he is, like knows it all. And then I don't use sauce. Like y'all know this. I'm not a sauce guy. Oh, I forgot. You're one of those freak toids. <laughs> like literally freaks. That's freakish, right, Dustin? You're being quiet, but if, if sauce something's is... good, it shouldn't need sauce. That's always been my opinion. Just like with it steaks. adds. If a steak's good, you shouldn't put steak sauce on it. But what about if it adds on to like some really good flavor? Like what about ketchup? So, on so what steak? about cake? On, what about icing on cake? <laughs> Nate, shut up. <laughs> what about icing on cake, Austin? That's different. Nah, nah, nah. That's different because a cake usually has icing. That's a really dumb question, though, again. I'm hungry. I All am right, too. I'm that's starving. Really, I haven't had. That's a really dumb question. Just ask the question, bro. How, how, how about a cup of fruit with uh, grapes in it? You know, what would that do? <laughs> no, icing is a. I, I think icing you no, put onto the cake. You were just about no, to say no, icing no. is a sauce. Shut up. I no. about did. I about did. No. <laughs> Shut up. I, I, have I, you ever seen a cake made without? Oh, here, here's a dry ass. You know, I'm just saying, marble I'm just cake saying. without any icing on it. I think it would be weird to just eat. It's called a muffin. I can't imagine eating like chicken tenders by itself. I can imagine eating chicken tenders by itself, but that might just be me. Like I would need ketchup. I would need some kind of sauce that comes from the restaurant. It depends on the place. It really depends on the place. For me, Chick-fil-A is so good. It doesn't eat sauce. There you go. Shout out to our friends at Chick-fil-A. West Tennessee Street, our friends over there, they always give us a little question here for the guys on the show. Once again, I promise next week Dustin will be involved in this, and then also Lois will be here, so there will be more than just Nate and Austin going at each other. But the question of the week this week, gentlemen, Chick-fil-A was the first quick-service restaurant to offer which side? I, I know this one. Oh, offer which side? Fresh which fruit. Side? Fresh uh, fruit. That, I was about to say fruit cup. Fruit. Damn it. Wait, what? This is not the yeah. question... That you asked me last time. It was, I jumped to question number three, so Dustin, you didn't get that. Then I would have been allowed. <laughs> <laughs> now he's not allowed Wait, say well, the question funny. again. I was doing something. No, I said Chick-fil-A was the first quick-serve restaurant to offer which side? Fruit. I don't think he would have said fruit, though, Dustin. He would have been like, uh, I would have said, said fries. He said fries. Maybe, maybe like side, well, maybe side salad. Yeah, I guess I would have probably thought so too. I wouldn't have said probably fries because I mean, there's so many. Well, other yeah, everyone does fries. But okay, you still wouldn't have said fresh fruits then. at least this time. I'm fruit sorry, cup, Dustin. Fruit cup would have been up there. Have you ever gotten a fruit cup at any fast food restaurant, Dustin? Only at Chick Fil A. I wouldn't. Did I wouldn't, you know? Dude, you would not offer fruit cups. You would not catch me getting <laughs> the apple slices from McDonald's. No, but I'll get the Austin, fruit cup from Chick Fil A. You know, if I want to feel healthy. Yeah, Austin, say that question again. I said, did you know restaurants even offered fruit cups? Most don't. (laughs) (laughs) What about a side salad? I'll pass. Go ahead and I'll get get the fries. Go ahead and send Austin that that other uh, card, too. You you got family to feed. (laughs) Take some some cards, eh? Nate. I'm I'm sending them out. I'm I'm trying to build some uh, good faith for some... uh, 
size 13 ones. Oh, that's what he's doing. That's a a fair point. point. I can work something out. That's fair. Oh, man. Well, let's end off the podcast. We got some basketball to talk about. Uh, As always, thank you. Shout out to our friends at Chick-fil-A. Also, our people in Discord just got some free food, too. We did a little trivia there, so... And make sure you're in the giveaway going on on Instagram too. Oh yeah, we do have a big time giveaway. I know we uh, like teased it last week, but we was able to have confirmation two club tickets to the last home game of the season. And you said Austin that if Florida State beats North Carolina, then boom, Florida State can celebrate and win the regular season championship for the ACC, right? If they beat yeah. Boston if College, they, if they beat North Carolina. You're looking at a ACC clincher against Boston College at home. For the second so, straight season. Yeah, so a big-time game. That's uh, on our Instagram at Noel Game Day. You guys go uh, enter that. we got a lot of giveaways coming up, free food, club tickets. It's just now getting started, so go check that out. Let's jump into some FSU basketball. It shows on here that uh, Dustin put Florida State versus Pittsburgh recap. Really, question mark? But oh, I think yeah, more we, the- we didn't talk about Pitt. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get to. I know I couldn't come on here on Saturday, and uh, why couldn't you come on here, Logan? What uh, were you doing? I had a work event at a work event at Proof Brewery. Yeah, yeah, you had a work, work event. event at a brewery. Yeah, it was. It was a work. I had not really an event, but it was more of like in the know, you know, just hanging out with some of your work friends. But anyways, yeah. Next time I'm sending them a restream link, and it'll be them. They'll be able to take care of it all the time. But yeah, to Austin. I mean, two days from now, Florida State slides by Pittsburgh. You know, you said before going into that game, Florida State's one and six in Pittsburgh. Um, Florida State's able to go two and six now, and it's a nice win for the Knolls. It was a very nice win, especially when you consider MJ Walker didn't score a single point. You know, you usually don't win games where your leading scored just doesn't score. You know, Rayquan Gray is fantastic 16 points, eight rebounds. He is absolutely Florida State's best player right, right now. He is. Scored in double figures each of the last nine games, including Miami, which we'll talk about here in a second. But he just took over that game. You know, Justin Champagne for Pittsburgh was awesome. He's so much fun to watch off ball, and he played every single minute and finished with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Champagne's a real dude, and I wish he had some help around him. But the fact Florida State was able to go up to Pitt, do something teams in the past haven't been able to do, which is winning at Pitt, it's a big win for Florida State. It gives them some some momentum gives them some more confidence for this home stretch. And then they got great news later in the day when Virginia lost at Duke, Florida state took over the first place in the conference. Hey. I'd love to see it. I didn't yeah, get to I see mean, much of the game. I only got to see like the last 10 seconds, but I was just going to say it was especially, you know, a good win considering that MJ Walker probably played, you know, the worst game of, of his career. He went scoreless and, um, 20, 20 something minutes. And, uh, you know, he sat out, he sat out last night. He's been dealing with some injuries, but, you know, I thought for Florida state to overcome him going scoreless with, um, Raekwon Gray continuing to put on strong performances. And I think, um, Malik Osborne as well was a uh, pretty dominant against Pittsburgh on Saturday. So hey, good road win. You think, uh, Raekwon Gray's playing himself into play of the year, Discussion? I, I, I doubt it. Champagne is leading the conference in scoring and rebounding. And when, like, Florida State's best player is, or usually the voters will just base it off scoring. Yeah. And Florida State's leading scorer is MJ, and he's 23rd in the conference. It, it's not, it's not going to be enough to get it on. I think Raekwon Gray's 
Probably going to be All-ACC first team, if not second team for sure. But he should be All-ACC first team just because of his def- his impact defensively. He, In my opinion, he should be ACC de- defensive player of, the, player of the year as well. I think he's been fantastic defensively. Not yet in his all-around offensive game. He's just been phenomenal all season. You you can't punish a kid for playing on a deep team. No, you can't. And I think the best team deserves at least one All-ACC first-team guy. That's just my opinion. Can I have Raekwon Gray come to me with the Golden State Warriors? Can that happen for me and replace Draymond Green's stupid ass? (laughs) I mean, I can't stand. I mean, it was fun watching... Green do his thing a couple years ago, but now he's just a nuisance on the friggin' court and he pisses me off. And Steph Curry, I think, wants to slap him sometimes, but I feel like Raekwon Gray is just like a 2.0 with Draymond, Draymond Green. And he's playing himself into, you know, NBA discussions, man. I mean, he's playing fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've been talking with a couple of NBA people, just, just gauging their interest. Like, well, what do you think about some of our guys? And they're like, you know, I think Turk needs one more year, develop his three point shot. But it wouldn't surprise me if he goes on a crazy run in March like Kevin Gelly did. And they're like, oh, maybe we need to convince this guy to come out in the draft. Who's that? Turk. Know, gray. He, yeah. He's been playing so well recently. You know, everyone's like, oh, God, he's going to leave. The consensus among the NBA is teams like him, but not enough to convince him to come out and draft him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's big. You get him back for next season. That yeah. next year's team's insane. <laughs> Loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to say, that just excites me whenever I think about the class next year. It's really still exciting right now, but next year is just a whole different level. It's just a silly level. Do right. we have on the, we have on the docket talking about Matthew Cleveland getting snubbed for the? Mm. Oh, we should. We we'll, yeah, bring we'll, that up. We'll, should we just bring it up now? Bring it up, yeah. To. Bring it up. I, I do not understand how Tell Matthew happened. Cleveland. Yeah. Matthew Cleveland, five-star, depending on the site you look at, he's either top 10 or top 20, was not selected to McDonald's All-American game. Wow. And I just, I do many, not understand it. How many players get into that? I think you it's know? like 16 or 18. Isn't he having a really good season? He's been phenomenal. <laughs> I think he's averaging a double-double, like 25 and 12. What did he do to the wife there? Jeez. I, I do not know. I do not understand it. Cleveland's been very vocal about it on all the social medias that he <laughs> that he was snubbed as well. I, I hope that, you know, if he gets like a, you know, if someone gets hurt and he gets that secondary offer. I hope he declines uh, it. Tells him to go shove it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Worley get in. No, no Florida state players got in. Wow. And in my, in my opinion, yeah, I'm a little bit biased, but I had Cleveland as a top five player in this class. I think he's phenomenal. You know, I was talking about him with the same NBA scout that was judging our team. You know, he's, a very bouncy athlete, the same kind of athleticism Vassell had, but he's more he's a little more filled out than Vassell, much more of a three-level scorer, same defensive versatility. You know, he, he's going to be one of those players where you're looking at the NBA draft next year going, oh, they got another lottery pick. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, a, he's a phenomenal player. And even if he stayed two seasons, he's the type of kid. He loves Florida State. He wants to get Hamilton his championship. If he stays two seasons, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Isn't school a big factor for him too? I remember. Yeah, his his, par- his parents are huge on him getting good education. So it, it, he might say two years, and if he does, I mean, good luck ACC because this kid's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a big time snub though. That's hilarious. If he was committed to Duke or Carolina, oh yeah, he'd be starting. He's in the game. He'd be starting. 
Well, good for Worley and Cleveland to have that chip on their shoulder heading into a season that's already jam-packed. They definitely like, bring back Gray, too, and Florida State's already got talent right now. I mean, just having them kind of be hungry like that just piss them off even more. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I'm sure the staff is probably telling them that, telling that, telling them that too, to just kind of fire them up, you know. That's just hilarious to me. I thought I saw it on my Twitter. I was like, what? I, I didn't even believe it at first. I'm like, oh, maybe I just skipped over a name. And I read back through it again. I'm like, really? Yeah. I was stunned when they didn't put Cleveland in there. Stunned. Yeah. Does Jordan still do his? his uh, yeah, they still his do the game? Jordan Brink Classic. I don't know if they're doing it this year. I'd have to look. Um, I, I don't know if they're doing it with the pandemic and everything. Mm-hmm. But they, they haven't announced anything yet. Florida State, though, uh, last night. Took care of business in Miami. Florida State beats the Hurricanes 88-71. to 71. I personally didn't get to see a lot of it. My dad was sending me videos of Balsa just, like, telling kids to get out of his way and just dunking right in their face. Go eat a fat, you know what, get out of my yeah. way. Um, and then I also saw Scotty Barnes throwing some beautiful passes, too. But what happened in that game, and why did Florida State just make it look easy? Well, Miami has six players. <laughs> That's the big reason. <laughs> That's, that's basically what it is. Miami only has six players right now that are available to play. They've been just slammed with injuries all season. None of it's due to COVID. They haven't had any COVID pauses, but they just had so many guys go with back injuries, with ankle injuries, with knee injuries. It, it's, it's been really bad in Coral Gables and their training staff. It sounds um, like it. Chris Likes was supposed to come back like a week or two ago. Reheard his ankle in practice. Now he's out for probably the rest of the season. Harlan Beverly, another guy, he's been dealing with back injuries all season. He had a herniated disc and was playing through it for half of conference play. And finally, like, okay, just rest. They've been ravaged. And then Florida State, even without MJ Walker, without Tanner Ingham, and without Malik Osborne for most of the game, they just slept walk to buckets. Miami had no interest in playing defense. Florida State... was really good offensively, scored 1.3 points per possession. It, it, it was never much of a game. You know, Miami got it down to 11 in the first half, and Florida State's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be playing basketball here, and went on another 13-5 to run, and it was a 25-point game again. Mm-hmm. It, 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 was, was just, it was one of those games where Miami was just too, too outmatched. First of all, I got a few questions. So, number one, any kind of updates? Was it a bad injury? I didn't get to see the – Injury with Osborne. So Malik turned his ankle. He stepped on someone's foot going for a rebound. He it looked it looked worse live than it did in replay, and he was able to stay on the bench after the game and was walking around. As of now, he's probably doubtful, which sucks because Carolina's a great rebounding team, and you'd love to have a guy like Malik Osborne, who's a great rebounder, great effort guy. Mm-hmm. As of now, he's probably doubtful, but if he plays Saturday, that'd, that'd be huge. Um, mm-hmm. For MJ Walker, the consensus seemed to be that Hamilton held Walker and Ingham out of the game just as a precautionary reason, thinking, uh, yeah, it's Miami. We don't really need these guys. Let's save them for Saturday. Because from what I was told, both of them went through shoot-around on Wednesday morning. Okay. So it was one of those things where, like, let's just save these guys, make sure they're healthy for these last three games. Yep. So take that regular season uh, thrown again for – Two years in a row. And then my next question uh, just completely went through my frigging brain. Wow. I just completely, I knew I should have said it 
I should have said it. I completely lost. I completely lost. It was going to be such a really good question. I was just like, wow, Austin's going to be impressed by me. But I just lost yeah. it right here. This is what no food does right here. Now I'm just disappointed. Like always. I'm I'm like really disappointed because I had a great one. And now I'm really about to punch myself. <laughs> I just completely lost it. Oh, my God. Wow. If I think about it, I will. I'm going to try to bring it back. But yeah, Florida State took care of Miami and didn't, didn't even look. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I had it. I had it. There was a big conversation on Twitter today about, or I saw a few people talking about, is Balsa the best center since at ever. FSU? Just, just ever. It's yeah, not just even the, close. The best it, center at Florida State ever? In terms of skill set. Let's, let's get it real here. Dave Cowens is far and away the best player in Florida State history. But if you're just looking at overall skill set, it's not even close. Koprovich is so skilled with the ball as a seven foot one center that what other seven foot center is bringing the ball coast to coast and yeah. finishing with the Euro step or finishing in traffic. He's a rare offensive talent. I mean, just rare. I, I saw one scout say he's a baby Jokic, which <laughs> isn't a bad comparison because he's a really good passer too. He just doesn't get the chance to display it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I got to see him just transition and boom, just bring it into the, and it's all natural. Inside. It's it's just a, such a natural flow. Like, like you a, talk about, you, you look back at like Fiondu Cavangeli. Love Fiondu. Such a great player. But he worked so hard to make sure he was a really great player. He was really raw as a freshman, as a redshirt. And even that first season he played, he was pretty bad for half the season. Then towards March, he started figuring things out. Balsh has just been super, super impressive. And he's going to make himself some money playing this game. Whether it's next year the year after whatever really talented player fsu will finish off the regular season with north carolina on saturday at four on espn and then like we said on wednesday with boston college late night game at 9 p.m but first of all north carolina man uh florida state like you said got a rebound here you lose if malik osborne's not playing that plays a factor but what is your take on this game well, I was going to come in this podcast saying, okay, we're going against a North Carolina team that's, you know, really got some momentum. They've been playing really well in conference play. Caleb Love's finding his groove. Then they go out and lose by 13 at home to a 10-12 and 12 Marquette team. And now I, I don't know what to think. I don't know if Carolina's just got the best game plan in the world for Florida State. They've been practicing it all week and just didn't focus on Marquette. But it was a bad showing last night. Really, really bad showing. Caleb Love only scored one point. Maybe they just played some bad ACC teams. I mean, ACC sucks. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I think the second best team is Georgia Tech, which tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, uh, I mean, for me, that, that's been the one I had circled as the only potential loss to wrap up the season for FSU. For sure. And dating back to 2000, Florida State's won at Carolina just twice. The Dean Dome has been historically really bad to Florida State. And they're going to need to have a good performance. You know, Carolina's now really has to get a great win if they want to make the tournament because they finally worked themselves back up into that tournament conversation. They didn't lose a quadrant three game at home to Marquette. You counter that with a win against Florida State, you know, it, it, it kind of bounces itself out. But I, I just don't know. I really just don't know. Florida State's going to have to rebound. They're going to have to defend the three better than they did in the first game. 
Kerwin, in games where Kerwin Walton, their starting shooting guard, scores 10 or more points, Carolina's 7-1. and one. You limit him, their only good three-point shooter, you stand a pretty good chance. And if you rebound like you did last time, you stand a pretty good chance as well. And, and also when Florida State wants to play, they just destroy oh, these teams yeah. right now. Yeah, you, you look at every good team they've played against this year, they get up for those big games and they just smack them around like they're a little mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough game, though, either way. Tough game. Mm-hmm. Really tough game. I'm looking forward to it. I'll actually be there. First game I'll be, be at all season. Looking forward to it. Oh, hell yeah. T- typical UNC fashion. They're like, oh, yeah, we played Florida State and Duke these last two games. Oh, let's finally allow fans. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yep, now they want to. Yeah. Seems interesting. What is your uh, score prediction? You'll find out in my article probably tomorrow night at the worst Saturday morning. Okay. I like what you're doing what, what, there. What, what, business what's is business. What's, your, what's up? What, what's yours, Logan? My prediction is going to be Florida State 76, North Carolina 70. That's what I got. I got Florida State winning this game, and then it's going to be a good time in uh, the tuck on Wednesday night. Hopefully, maybe uh, uh, Dustin, maybe might invite me back for our third and final date together. That would be the end of it all. That would be it. We'll see. I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to need you on Wednesday. Uh, uh, me. I, 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 I'm going FSU like 86 to 80. I, th- I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I think it's going to be pretty yeah. close. I, I think it's going to be at most like a six-point game. I mean, I, I, I think both teams. States, a top 10 offensive in the, offense in the country, not just, you know, in the Southeast or whatever. Top 10 offense in the country. And I keep undervaluing how good Florida State's offense is. And I've now got this mindset of whatever I think the score is, just add six points to Florida State. Mm-hmm. So they just mm-hmm. didn't that good this season. Yeah. I think I have even another question after this, but Deontay Green puts Florida State in his top six. Florida State is trending there. And then also another thing, I, don't, I think we touched on it last week maybe, but – Florida State might be in the mix here for a five-star. We got like a, maybe some baby nuggets. I, yeah, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Just keep an eye out. Just keep Whoa, an eye out. Oh, we're going to do that to the listeners like that? Maybe. Well, if you're in the Discord, then you know. If you're in the Discord, you know. And I, nope. I, may, I may have dropped a um, like a little eye emoji on Twitter. A little something-something? A little teaser? A, just a little, yeah, just a little hashtag and a GIF. Basketball teaser GIFs matter too. All they right, do. people, they matter too. But yeah, if you're in your Discord, the train's rolling. The train, choo choo, baby, keep rolling. But yeah, Deontay Green put Florida State in his top six. Also. And the choo choo is not about Deontay Green. No, he is very much probably going to North Carolina. He's from Asheville, very talented player, six nine forward that can play the three or the four. I think his final three are going to be NC State, Carolina, and Florida State. But I, I think ultimately, ultimately, he's Carolina's to lose. Very talented player. We'll love to have them. I don't think it happens. Gotcha. Well, Florida State has some big games coming up. I will make sure that I don't have anything to do for these next two games because I need to watch some basketball. Um, and we're going to get start getting ready for some ACC tournament stuff too soon. So we are uh, we are two Sundays away after after this Sunday from a bracket. That's right. It's going to be a crazy. I think I think we'll probably do an instant reaction show to that. I know that uh, our friends. Uh, my friend Caleb is one to have uh, Dustin and Austin on to do uh, their show, but I do think we're going to try to. I don't know if the guys can or not, but that's on a Sunday, right? Yeah, it's usually Sunday. Do they have a time yet? No. I don't know if they do. Let me see. 
Are we going to predict our own bracket? I mean, if, I will not be good at that. I've never done that. No. <laughs> like, like, are we saying like <laughs> right. bracket or? It's not. Well, uh, once, uh, once uh, we get the once we get the bracket, then I'm down to do like a bracket thing that I haven't like really done. But yeah. I'm not. You I can't Austin predict make a bracket on the show and see how accurate it is how accurate it is compared to the actual selection. So, so selection Sunday starts at 6 p.m. on Sunday, March okay. 14th. So, so uh, what's what's the over we'll under? Maybe we'll do a live show. Should we do a? Maybe we'll let the chat tell us or someone comment or in the Discord. Should we do a live show during it or do we do an instant reaction? I'll have to do it from my car if we do a, <laughs> if we do a show during it because I get off work at six. Mm, maybe a uh, well, probably well, it'll be like what six fifty. Yeah, you'll probably be, we could me and Dessa could hold it on, hold it down until you got on. Hey, I'm trying to do a live. Y'all get on to me about not doing a live show. What, what what's the over under on Florida State and Gonzaga in the same bracket? God, I hope not, man. That's the one team I don't want to play right now. Baylor looks beatable. Granted, they've come off a month COVID pause, but still, you, that doesn't excuse almost losing a two and eighteen Iowa State at home. And Iowa State was winning the majority of that game. Baylor doesn't scare me. Michigan doesn't scare me. Ohio State doesn't scare me. As well as Florida State's playing right now, none of these teams scare me outside of Gonzaga. I will do anything to stay out of Gonzaga's bracket this year. What would you do? Tell us. Would, I mean, I'm not gonna say. Would, would you get a tattoo? You, maybe. Would you put sauce on a chicken dinner? That's what I was about to yeah. say. Would, would you? Yeah. Do, you if that's what it takes. In a, in a sauce. If that's what it takes. Yeah. Would you? Would you drink a beer? No. Yes, you would. I I doubt it. Honestly. A sip of beer. Sip of beer. I I honestly doubt it. All right. Would hey, you get hey, up? Would hey, you? Hey, hey, respect the straight edgeness, man. Come on. Not 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 everyone. Not everyone wants to be. Uh, not everyone whoa. wants to drink. Whoa 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 whoa. Piss Carbonated water. water, yeah. No, no, Not everyone no, wants no, to be like Logan. You know, piss water, natural light. Hey, hey, it's getting close to beach time, boys. I'm going to high noons starting this next week. The beers are going bye-bye. You going, you going to seltzers? I'm going, I'm going to the seltzers. I've been looking at the high noons, and I got to get ready for – I got to get the Vs out for when, I, when I'm at the beach, Nate. I got to get the get Vs the, get the out. What out. The Vs. The Vs? Yeah, the ladies love the Vs, so I got to get the yeah. abs going. Oh, cool! For the beach. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. what I'm doing. Yeah, you're always it, wearing tank tops and all that kind of junk. Yeah, it, yeah, because I'm at home comfortable. Oh, I would be comfortable out there on the beach. Yeah, yeah, and they're gonna see you drinking a seltzer and be like, nah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trust where, me. Where, 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 where's his uh, significant other at? <laughs> probably not with me. I'd probably be by myself at the beach. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, by that I mean Dustin. Oh, God. <laughs> Dustin, you working on your V's? Yeah, I got a lot of work to do. He's working on he's working on his U. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like an M right now. <laughs> oh man. Well, hopefully Dustin will invite me to the Boston College game next Wednesday. I usually have to like tease him and like ask a lot, but we'll see. We'll see if he invites me. Uh but yeah, I think that's everything for this episode. Definitely shout out to the Greens for coming on with us and talking about boots commitment to florida state also senior coming on here and talking about his son's commitment and the mike norvell staff at florida state uh as always you guys i would definitely appreciate if you rate us five stars on itunes we've seen a lot of new ratings we definitely appreciate if you're listening right now just take like five seconds to just scroll down hit a five star in there if you want to leave a review we definitely appreciate it tell us what you like about the show maybe what we can do more 
Um, if you're on YouTube, hit that like button if you would like. Maybe hit that subscribe button, hit the bell so you'd be notified hey, when we go hey, live. B- before we go, just always remember that Travis Hunter, top player, 2022 <laughs> class. Oh man, what are you gonna? What's gonna be your outro now once he's signed to FSU? You're gonna say he's the best player. Um, oh, Travis Hunter, best player in college football. We'll figure it out when we get there. We'll, yeah, figure, we'll figure it out. out. We we'll got a little bit of time. Thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. Y'all have a good evening, and I'm gonna go eat and, and sleep. Thank you guys. Y'all be good. Yeah.